Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to I Am Refocused Radio with your host, Shamaya Reed. This show is designed to inspire you to live your purpose and regain your focus. And now, here's your host, Shamaya Reed. Hey, welcome to Iron Refocus Radio. We are here once again. And today, man, we have a true honor talking to the one and only Anna Lynn Thomas. And we're going to talk about her amazing book, I'm Not Ready for This. First and foremost, I just want to say welcome to the show and how you doing? Thank you so much. I'm doing amazing now that I'm here talking with you. So I'm good. Thank you. I appreciate that. And you're not just known for your amazing books, your podcasts. You also are known for your humor, man, your your comedy. So before we talk about the, the book, man, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, yeah, I'm a uh, humor writer who uh, started, I started, you know, a blog probably about 10 years ago. And I had this crazy story about three months into writing my blog. I had this story about accidentally farting on a date with my husband and, uh, or we were dating at the time. He wasn't my husband yet. And uh, it went crazy viral. I have to say, out of all the things I've written, I'm not sure that's the thing I would have wanted to go <laughs> crazy viral, but it did. Um, it made a lot of people laugh until they cried. And, you know, if that's the end result, I'm good for it. And uh, so it kind of put my career on the map. It got me that kind of uh, people noticing me a little bit more as a, as a funny writer. And so that's how my career kind of took off. And from there, uh, you know, started writing books and uh, I'm here now. Man, that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have to go into that a little bit. Not the details, obviously, but <laughs> were you shocked when <laughs> that happened or were you like, hey, I'll just ride with this and see what happens next? With are you with it going viral or actually yes. farting on the date? <laughs> or, no, just just it going viral because I think we all get a sense of the fart, but when it comes yeah. to going viral, I mean, how was that process going through your mind? Like, oh my God. It was one of, it's one of those crazy things that you just can't even believe it's happening. Cause at the time I had very few followers and it just so happened that someone who had kind of a decent following shared it on their page. They saw it, they shared it on their page and it just blew up my website. I couldn't keep it up for almost two weeks. It was getting so many hits and traffic. And it's one of those while it, it's, it's, 
a really crazy experience. And at the time, I really felt that that was it. And I had just started writing and I was like, well, that didn't take me long. Here I go. You you know, I thought I was going to get an agent. I thought I was going to get published right after that. And uh, none of those things happened. And I'm really glad that it did. It was mostly the breadcrumbs. They were breadcrumbs to say, this is your, your right, the writing and making people laugh is your calling, keep going, but you have a lot more practicing and work to do before you get there. And so uh, that's how I look at the fart story for me. I know it's kind of defined me in some ways, even though I wish I didn't, but it's, it's a fond thing for me because it was the breadcrumbs that kept me going. Cause it was tough. There was a lot of times where you felt like you were going to fail. You weren't going to get, I wasn't going to get to my dream. Um, Things weren't going to work out the way I'd hoped they would, but it was that little nugget that said, you know, you can keep going, you can do this. And so that's how that worked out for me. And when you started to really get into your career, touch on the process of you just believing yourself and pushing yourself to get these new opportunities and trusting the process as you grew. Yeah. You know, I've had the calling since I was a little girl. And I, I wrote this essay when I was a child. Uh, I remember my teacher saying, you know, I want you guys to write a short story. And it was the first time I ever felt alive. And after I, I just, I took it so seriously. And I, I went to, I, I handed it into my teacher. And uh, a couple of days later, she brought me up to her desk and she said, Anna, this is very, very good. And that was it. I was like, this is my destiny. I don't know. There's nothing else I'm going to do. This is it. And it's having that calling since I was a little girl is really what uh, pushed me to do the work and to not give up because the alternative is to give up on your calling was too terrible to bear. I would rather suffer in that period of unknowing and uncertainty about what's going to happen than to give that up completely. And so it's one of those things where I've just been thankful for, you know, you look back on it and I just remember just praying, like, why is this taking so long? And um, I needed to get better. And it was through the that time of just practicing day after day after day, putting my work out there. Um, it was that experience, that, that waiting and that working and that kind of just grind when you're not getting any constant feedback or even any results that shaped not only my perseverance and my faith, but it made me a much, much, much better writer. I am so much better than I was when I first started just from practicing. And so um, that experience, even though it was long and it was hard and there were some days where there were a lot of tears where I thought, man, when is this going to happen? Experiencing those rejections of editors not not wanting to work with you, um, that is who has made me who I am today. And if I want to keep going, and reach better heights and get these books out to as many people as possible, then I better I better get the work in. And a lot of that experience that I had before keeps me going. And so I wouldn't trade it for the world. Once again, we're talking to Anna Lynn Thomas, and this is Iron Refocus Radio. Now, when it comes to your book, what inspired you to come up with the title, I'm Not Ready for This? And what's the story behind it? Yeah. So my first book, we'll laugh about this someday, is is about not taking ourselves so seriously and sharing my most humiliating and fearful and ridiculous stories that weren't funny at the time. But now that looking back on it, 
it's funny later and I can find the humor in it. And I'm not ready for this is kind of just carrying that theme along of, man, I'm not ready for anything ever. I'm never ready for summer and summer clothes. You know, I'm never ready to show, like I always make the joke, I'm not ready to go sleeveless. I'm not ready for, I wasn't ready for my baby to be in kindergarten. I'm not ready for, uh, I, I, I got cast on a TV show for the Peacock Network. I wasn't ready for that. And it just, it just sprung on me, right? And so this idea, I don't think hardly any of us are really ready for anything. And that that there's that moment where we can go and we can run from it and we can go back to our comfort zones or we can allow ourselves to be pushed to the next level or pushed into that experience. You know, we're not ready. There's a story about losing my uncle. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready to. There's so many things we're just not ready for, but we have to step into it anyway. That's life. And so being able to share those experiences, but then also make people laugh at how freaked out I would get or how ridiculous the whole thing was or how I'm fumbling in the dark the entire time also, you know, gives me that connection with my audience too, that, you know, it's scary, but it can also be hilarious. And with that theme, uh, you're a person of faith and guy has a sense of humor sometimes where he pushes us at the, we feel the most awkward moments Yes, for you personally. What's some examples when God pushed you, when you just feel like, oh, wait, for real? Like right now, right now? <laughs> yeah. It's like every experience along the way. You know, I, I remember a couple, uh, probably like five years ago, before I even had my agent or my book deal, I was chopping vegetables. Maybe it was about three years ago. I don't know. And uh, I was chopping vegetables and I felt this inner voice. It was, I've never had anything this crystal clear before, but this inner knowing, this inner voice that said, I was watching while I was chopping vegetables, I was watching a woman uh, preach or have a speech. I was like, it was YouTube or something. And um, he said, I want you to do that. And I audibly said, no, I just, my husband was like, what'd you say? I was like, "I, I didn't even know how to explain it, but I audibly said, no, I was like, no, I'm a writer. I want to be a writer. I'm not going to go and speak. And God has a sense of humor because a few years after that, I got asked to do this speech and it was the first time I didn't even know how to write a speech. I didn't know how to do a good talk. Here I am doing all this research. I'm nervous. Well, how do I, what if I I fail while I'm on stage? And I remember going up there, she called my name and I went to go walk on the stage and I felt this inner voice that said, I told you so. And so I find that God has a lot of grace for us and he's got a lot of patience for us. But if it is something he wants you to do, if we continue to just follow the breadcrumbs, we'll get led there. And before you even know it, you're like, how did I even get here? It's like, that's exactly what you were saying about God having a sense of humor. It was just like, told you so, here you go. And that doesn't mean that speaking is going to be more than my writing, but it is a part of what I think his plan is for me is to go on stage and to make people laugh and to encourage them as well. So there's always a little, uh, I make sure that he is active in everything I do because the, the, there. I could never do this on my own and make it. And so knowing that he's on it um, is just, it's, it's my top priority. And speaking of top priorities, you hitting your goals. Obviously this book was a goal, but you also mm-hmm. had unexpected help from unexpected people. What mm-hmm. is some of the things you can share on that note? Well, you know, 
So one of the things that I, 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 I'm wondering if you're talking about like in True Story, there's a there's this part in True Story where it's one of my last chapters. Actually, we changed the chapter, but it's when I'm supposed to go on stage and um, I'm in front of these A-list celebrities for this TV show. I don't even know if the show's going to run. That's why I can't mention it right now. We have to see until it actually airs. I can't speak to it, but I'm in front of these A-list celebrities and I'm thrust into this situation that I can't even believe that I'm in. And I noticed that God counseled me and comforted me through the people who were around me. So the driver who picked me up was this precious older man who just was amazing. He just spoke to me the exact things I needed to hear at the time, gave me tons of confidence. Um, when I walked in there, the, the, the stylist, the makeup artist, these people who were kind of just around me were encouraging me. When I, after I would kind of do my thing and they'd go cut to a break or whatever, the stylist would come up and she would just tell me how good I was doing and how hard she was laughing and good for you. And I find that through the way I can even speak to that about my agent. You know, I've just, Selling books and marketing yourself, you're raw, you're vulnerable, you're worried that this isn't going to work out and what will happen next. And my agent, um, I spoke with her and she just spoke so much wisdom and strength into me. I just felt like a million bucks afterwards where I was just like, yeah, I can do this. I, I will keep doing it. No matter what happens, we're good. And so I just find that, and I just feel so blessed that throughout my entire journey, God has given me the right people to speak into my situation, to keep me going. He just uses them to encourage me to keep going along the way because it's just going to keep happening. I mean, people think that the minute you get, I thought that once I hit the dream, my book deal, that that was it. That wasn't it. That was just the beginning. And then after that, you got to sell the book. And then after that, you got to do these tours. And then after that, you got to, you know, do you want another book? You got to get another deal. You know, it just keeps, it just keeps going. And so God knows that we need encouragement and that we need people to come alongside us to, to, to speak to us, to lift us up. And so I always rely on him for that. And when I feel like I really need it, I just pray. I just say, God, I need encouragement today. Please find a way to encourage me. And, and, and like clockwork, I'll get an email from somebody that says, I just read your book. I was crying, laughing. I, I it was it spoke to me at just the right time. Thank you for writing. And so that's 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 how God has blessed me throughout my career. And I, I, I that's another reason why I say I just couldn't do it without him. Once again, talking to Anna Lynn Thomas. You go to her website, AnnaLynnThomas.com. And we're talking about her book, I'm Not Ready for This. And what's interesting, when I first saw this title, when I was going through my list of who I'm going to interview this week, I was like, oh, this is funny. Because for some random reason, I thought about when you were younger, not you, but me, when I was younger, my most of, like fearful thing was tying my shoes. And it's yeah. funny because when you get older, it's like you laugh at it now. So yeah. that metaphor yep. is kind of like what do you think about your personal growth in your career, things that you used to be afraid of? Now you just laugh at it like, oh man, I can't believe I used to be afraid of that. <laughs> I mean, everything. And that was one of the things that my agent said to me because uh, we were talking about like our pre-sales and stuff like that. And little things were starting to worry me. And she's like, Anna, listen to me. You're, we are going to look back at this and we are going to laugh 
at how worried you are. We're going to laugh at how, like you, you just started crying. We're going to laugh because you're okay. And that that's a part of what we'll laugh about this someday. My first book was about too, is that, you know, uh, David Sedaris, he's one of my favorite writers. He says, everything's funny eventually. And even that fear we had of, of what we're about to do, it almost looks silly. Uh, when you look back at it, how worried we were and how much we fretted. And, you know, if we just, re- there's so many things now and I try to learn from it. Like when I really have like a huge meltdown over something that's kind of dumb, or I think that it's just going to, it's too much for me to bear. I remember that for the next time. And I have this story in, we'll laugh about this someday about um, we just got this new house. We had no money. And then the basement flooded. And I had a, I had a total meltdown and God worked it out in a miraculous way. It worked out, but then four months later, the basement flooded again. And I had to remind myself, I'm not going to freak out about this. I'm not going to freak out about, I freaked out about it last time. God took care of me. I'm not going to put myself and my body through that again. And I made it into a celebration. I stayed up all night with my husband, cleaning up the water, taking care of it, putting the fans up. And then the next day I got us a cake. Like, look at, we persevered and I made it into this like fun experience. And I try to do that with myself where it's like, no, you've been through this before. We're not going to worry. God's got you. It's fine. Let's have a party. And that's, uh, that's a hot tip for anybody who wants one. If, if you just look at your situation and you know, you've been through something like that before you got to the other side Instead of having a freak out and worrying, start to celebrate that God's going to work it out for your good and and enjoy the experience as much as possible. And you're going to laugh about it someday. I have to say I'm a writer. So when bad things happen, there's a small part of me that kind of likes it because I know it can go into a book or it's something that I could write about. Like it gives me good content. I know not everybody has that experience, but um, I always try to look at it like this is a story to tell and this is a story of overcoming. And I'm going to just try to embrace this. I think it'd be really cool if you start a trend on social media, having a persevere cake instead of birthday. That's I mean, good. That'll be an awesome party. I, I mean, think about all the invites. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love uh, that. Start to persevere cake. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I think you can do it. I mean, I mean, it'll be perfect. <laughs> it'd be a funny party because <laughs> you can crack jokes of why you almost cracked and why you almost give up. But it's like, yeah, persevere cakes, persevere t-shirts. I mean, yeah. I don't know why that popped in my head, but I'm just saying like, you get oh, yeah. this really funny, like hilarious, just oh, attitude, we la- man, you know? Totally. And we were laughing at my, we went back, especially like the flood, we were laughing at how my husband had a bucket and he was like throwing the water out. The things He was like <laughs> screaming at me, you know, he was like, why are you just standing there? Do something. You know, it's like, it was, it, we were so dramatic. And so, you know, going back and just laughing at the things that we were saying, to each other in our panic is just fodder. You know, just learning to lighten up, have a sense of humor, really vetting out what's funny here, having a good laugh at yourself. Um, that it is sad for the soul. It's how you get to, it's how I get through it. That's for sure. And speaking of that, because one of stress again, you're your person of faith. Uh, as a Christian. You know, sometimes we can get a little deep, so deep that uh, we get numb. 
is why I say, because we're trying so hard to be spiritual that, like you said, to your point, we can take life too seriously. As a Christian, how do you keep that balance of having serious moments, but also, like you keep touching on, having a light moment where you can just have grace for yourself? You know, I had a pretty tough moment uh, a couple days ago, and I just felt this heavy weight and pressure of meeting everybody's expectations. And I really had probably one to two bad days where you just got to cry it out. I mean, we can't use humor to get away from real feelings because those, you know, those emotions are trying to tell us something. But I, I had about one to two days And then um, I just asked God for encouragement to, uh, I didn't want him to save me from it, uh, the the, the pain and the the overwhelm, as much as I wanted him to uh, breathe through me in that moment and to work through me in that moment and to give me the the comfort that I need to to continue on and to persevere. And then that's when I had this, uh, my agent just called me out of the blue. And then I had that great talk. And then I had a couple of other things really speak to me. And then I just felt the burden be lifted. And so I think those really intimate, raw moments with God are precious and they are necessary, but it's important that we don't stay there too long. Um, there's work to do. There are things to do. And that work that we do and the things that we do in our lives feed our soul. And so, you know, there were a couple of days where I didn't do any work. I didn't worry about anything other than being with my babies and experiencing them fully. I didn't look at anything. And so, you know, it's just, it's just a little bit of a balance for me, but um, I, and I have a temperament too, where I don't like to stay sad or burdened for very long. It's a very uncomfortable feeling for me. And I know that that sounds weird, but there are some temperaments where they almost see a beauty in that space. I'm acting, I'm trying to get out of it. (laughs) I don't like to be in there for too long. And so I just do whatever I can to feed the soul. And then I try to tell myself, how could I tell this story to somebody funny? So my mom's a great tester and I'll call her and I'll tell her about, because what I've been going through. And then I'll tell her some of the funny things that I've been saying or doing, and we can just get a really big laugh at that. And that just lifts me up completely. And so it's just a process. It's just life. Um, but I just encourage people not to stay in that place for too long, get yourself out of it. And, uh, uh, one step in front of the other and get going tomorrow. The the sun rises is a brand new day. I like that because I don't know why I keep having these funny thoughts when I listen to you tell your stories because <laughs> it makes me think as another metaphor, like a person who goes through school, right? You can't yeah. stay at a certain grade forever. You got to yeah. graduate to the next level. And yeah. that's the same with one's career, one's life. You have to move on, and turn the page to the next chapter so you can keep writing. Yeah. And with that segue, when someone's listening to this and they're trying to figure out why some doors are closed in their life and some doors are opening with your personal experience with writing this book and your personal career, how has open doors and closed doors helped shape your, your focus? Oh, that is such a, that's such a good question because it's something that has been actively happening in my life. In fact, with my husband and his own career and what he's wanting to do, we had a lot of options and we were overwhelmed by them. So we were, we asked God, I said, God, please close doors that we are not meant to walk through, 
open doors that we're supposed to walk through. And right after we prayed that, like five doors slammed shut. And I remember like, we were like, I know we prayed for this, but this sucks. I mean, it was, it was so hard for us to even kind of grasp that all these doors had shut. And the, one of the worst reasons was because no other door had opened yet. And so to me though, it's essential because I am like, if I see a new opportunity, I run and I don't put a lot of thought into it. I'll pray, but it's one of those kind of like prayers while I'm running to the destination. So I'm like, God, come with me. Here I go. I'm headed over here. Follow me, you know, cause I'm so excited and I'm just kind of a go-getter. I need doors to be shut or I will try to pry them open with a crowbar. I mean, I just want to make this work. And so uh, I think it's essential. And I think that when a door shuts, we, it, it might sting at first, but it needs, and, and, and then you're like, well, now what am I going to do next? But it's that faith walk. And that's why that whole decade of me writing in this, in the, in this transitional place of uncertainty was so essential because it taught me that this isn't the end of the road. Something will come. And um, being able to survive those shut doors while waiting in a hopeful and happy anticipation of when the door opens. And so closed doors are not anything to let get you down. They are so good for you because they will save you time. They will save you resources. They will save you brain energy of you thinking about it too much. In fact, I wish God would shut more doors more quickly so that I didn't have to, I didn't have to waste my time, but you have to be able to endure the sting of it because even if you ask for a closed door, it still hurts. And so uh, it can. And so just making sure that you always realize that that door will open as long as you don't give up. Once again, talking to Anna Lynn Thomas in her book, I'm Not Ready for This. Man, it's coming out very soon, like this month soon, like yeah. May 10th. So yeah. it's just in time people can get this as a gift or for themselves. Before we close, what's something that you hope readers will be able to take away from your mission with this book? You will laugh until you cry when you read this book. I know you will. This book will also feed your soul and it'll speak to you. You will relate to this book. Uh, you will feel like we are best friends because we are, because we are going through this experience together. Um, you're going to love this book. And I'm not just saying this because I want book sales. You're going to want to buy copies for your friends and family uh, as well. This, this book will not only uplift you, the laughter will give you hope. You're going to connect with all of my issues and the things that I suffer through, and you're going to know that you're not alone. And so I hope that you get this book and you get copies for your friends. We need laughter right now more than ever, I think. And um, if I can steal you away in the evenings with a little lamp on to just read my book and to start laughing and we can spend that time together, um, we're going to get to laugh together and start to uh, enjoy our life and kind of get away from the more negative aspects that are going around and be able to realize that there's a lot of laughter to be had. There's a lot of hope to be had. You're not alone. I've been there too. And we're doing this thing together. Let's laugh about it and have a good time. Once again, listen to Iron Refocus Radio, talking to our special guest, Anna Lynn Thomas. You can get her book May 10th. That is I'm Not Ready for This. And also visit her website. You want to connect with her, AnnaLynnThomas.com. I want to say thank you for taking time your busy schedule talking to I Am Refocus Radio today. 
Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. Thank you. I Am Refocus Radio is brought to you by FOO 4 Star and Holy Crab. FOO 4 Star is a family-owned Asian restaurant in San Antonio, Texas. We have been a local favorite for Asian cuisine for over 10 years. With nothing but full smiles and fast service, you'll be leaving satisfied. Come on in for some authentic Vietnamese food. Holy Crab is one-of-a-kind Cajun Creole-style seafood restaurant located in Universal City, Texas. We offer traditional seafood items as well as chicken and steak. We also offer seafood boils. Come give us a try. You won't be disappointed. You can find these two eateries in Universal City, Texas at 2921 Pat Booker Road.